I love the character of Daniel, the man Daniel. Uh, he is someone that as, as I've read his story time and time again and, and listened to his stories as a child and kids today, we're gonna, we're gonna be visiting a story in Daniel that um, you're gonna be very familiar with, uh, I would imagine. But I, I'm always drawn to Daniel because he, outside, I believe outside of Jesus Christ himself, Daniel lived um, a, a life of just full integrity. Um, and we've already seen some of that. Last week we talked about even his friends. He surrounded himself, Daniel surrounded himself with friends even when they were tested uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. Even they uh, stood strong and their faith did not waver. And so this series, which will end today, is all about how do we live with conviction in a culture of compromise? How do we live with the conviction in a culture of compromise? Because Daniel really shows us how to do that. You know, there may not be a lion's den, there may not be a fiery furnace, but sometimes we could feel like, uh, you know, we, we're in that, we're in the fire, uh, that we're in the lion's den. But compromise is accepting standards that are lower than is desirable. So we looked at last, uh, at our first week, how Daniel kept his, his purity strong. He did not defile himself with impure uh, things. And so he resolved to keep purity in his life. And so if you and I want to live with conviction in a, in a culture of compromise, we've got to set resolve that we will not defile ourselves, our life, our family, our mind, our spirit with the things of this world. Week two, we talked about the interpretation of turmoil. We all go through, through uh, some sort of turmoil in our life. I'm not talking about tragedy. I'm talking about just hard times. Turmoil, lose, lose a job, get a, get a bad medical diagnosis, um, what, have a bad breakup. Whatever the turmoil is in your life, how do you deal with that? Uh, Daniel was able to respond uh, to turmoil in his life, and he showed us that we're, we're not to analyze the turmoil, but we are to interpret the turmoil. If you, ha- if you lost your job, don't, uh, don't go off the deep end and freak out about it. Trust in the Lord and say, all right, there, there's a reason why I don't have my job anymore. And so I'm going to interpret that. So, Lord, I'm going to trust in you that, that, that you are guiding me in this. And then, Lord, help me find another job. So interpreting whatever, whatever turmoil you have in your life, whatever situation you have in your life, um, I want to encourage you to interpret that and don't just, just don't let it well up inside you and on top of you and let that weight crush your spirit. Um, and then last week we talked about how we're not uh, to bow to, um, to idols. Uh, we're not to bow to the things of this world. What, what is an idol? You may not have a, a wooden figure in your house that you actually bow to, but I would imagine there's probably things in your life as well it's easy for me, to ha- for me in my life to choose those things before I choose Christ, before I make the decision to spend time with the Lord, before I, I make that decision to, uh, to, to dive in, uh, to, to become the person God intended me to be. What is holding me back? Let me ask that question to you. What's holding you back? Are there any idols that are taking the place of God in your life? It may not be your whole life, but there, 
could be areas, there could be pockets in your life that have idols in them. And so Daniel showed us not to bow to idols. Um, and, and we focus in on the second chances. You, you will have a second chance to bow down to an idol. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got a second chance. They were brought into King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, all right, I'm going to give you another chance. They didn't even take it. The band didn't even play. They said, no, no, we're, we're not going to take this. So don't even, don't even take those second chances and, and also don't even justify your second chances. Don't, don't try to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take this and, and justify it uh, in, in whatever scenario you're, you're in. And then also uh, be prepared for them. Be prepared for uh, those second chances, those second chances to fall into whatever temptation, to, to bow down to whatever idol and it's really the second chances that really will tempt you the most. And so, but don't bow down to those. You know, we're, we all go through uh, turmoil. We all go through fire. You're going to go through a fire. You're going to go through, uh, through testing of your faith. But hold on, because we are not delivered from the fire, but we're delivered through the fire. We're not delivered from the fire, we're delivered through the fire. Now I could stop there and I can go home and, and that will preach. So I'm gonna tell you again, we're not delivered from the fire, we're delivered through the fire, amen? That's good preaching, yes. So some of you, you're afraid, you don't wanna walk through the, the, the fire, the hard time, but let me tell you something, sometimes God, tell, sometimes God leads us into that and because because we're, we're making the right choice, sometimes God would lead us into that, but you're not walking alone as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story showed us that there was a fourth person in that furnace. God deliver us, delivers us through whatever situation we're going in, not always just protecting from it. Now, yeah, sometimes, yeah, God many times will protect us from, from those things, but sometimes God's like, I, I need you to walk with with me through this. I'm, I'm gonna be with you. I need you to walk through this. It's gonna, it's gonna test your faith. It's gonna have an incredible story. It's gonna have an incredible story that's gonna tell other people. It's gonna inspire other people. If you're going through a fire in your marriage, if you're going through, through, through a fire in your marriage, you're not walking alone if you ask Christ to walk with you and to help you and strengthen you. Yeah, it may get hot. I understand, but God is with you if you invite him in. If you invited him in, Lord, just give, get, help us, be with us, give us strength, help us have that, that love for one another, that, that, that deep love that doesn't matter what happens, we are staying with each other. Whatever you're going through, whatever fire you could be going through in, in your marriage, and I know this is just one example of several examples you could be going through, but if you're going through a fire in your marriage, just know this, God wants to deliver you through the fire because there's a story on the other side. There's a story on the other side. There are people who are watching. There are people who are taking notes and how you come out of this, you're gonna be able to say, it was only God. It was only God. So through the fire, through the fire, and that's okay. Now, we're gonna close out this week how, we're gonna look at um, how 
our faith, how we are to remain faithful in the midst of fear. How we are to remain faithful in the midst of fear. One thing I notice about Daniel's life is that Daniel, it doesn't matter what fear he faced, he remained faithful. He remained faithful to his integrity, uh, to, his, uh, to his God. And so as you are listening today, I want you to keep these few words in your head. Faithful under fear. Faithful under fear. Because what we're gonna learn about with Daniel today, we're gonna answer this question, how does it deal with me? What does it deal with me? How, I, I mean, I'm not gonna face the lion's den, but you will face fear. Let me tell you, the, the, the biggest killer of faith is fear. The biggest monster of your faith is fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what could be out there. You know, you want to be, for instance, you want to be uh, faithful to your spouse. It's like, well, Lord, I want to be faithful to my spouse. But then there's fear out there. But, but what, if, what if my spouse is not faithful to me? What, what if my spouse is doing things, you know, I don't know about? And, and what if, and what if, and what if? Stop asking the what ifs. Because that is slowly killing your faithfulness to your spouse. Students, you want to... Uh, you want to live for Christ at school. If you want to live for Christ at school, there's some, there's some fears that you're facing. You know, uh, if, you, if your friends don't know that you're, that you're a Christian, then you're letting fear affect your faith. You're letting fear affect your faith. Now, I'm not saying you need to stand by the flagpole every day and start preaching the gospel. You want to do that, fine, you can do that. But... Your friends at school should know that you are a believer and that you make the right choices because Christ lives inside you if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so, but I know sometimes I've been there, sometimes you have fear at school and that can affect your faith. So don't allow that. And Daniel's faith was tested by his fear. He was tested by his fear. So we're, we're going to talk about that. And let me give you just a, a background a little bit. When we first started looking at Daniel, Daniel was about uh, 14 or 15 years old when he was exiled um, from Judah uh, up to um, Babylon. And he stood up for his faith even then. Well, now we find Daniel. Biblical scholars say Daniel uh, could be around, roughly around 80 years old in the early 80s. Uh, when he is faced with the, uh, with the lion's den. And so, so much time, and we're only, I mean, we're only chapter six, and it, it basically from seven, chapter seven to the end of, end of the book of Daniel, it's lots of prophecy and uh, visions and that kind of stuff. But we are getting the final count, final chapter of, of Daniel's sort of uh, life chronologically in chapter six. And as we're looking at Daniel, he is now about 80 years old. And what has happened between earlier in his life up until now? Well, uh, Babylon, uh, he's gone through lots of different kings. 
Nebuchadnezzar died. There's different kings who, who, who uh, sort of rose up within the family, a, a, grand, a grandson and, a, and, and all kinds of different people who rose up in his family and some, some died and some were killed and all kinds of stuff. And so it, it's estimated that, that Daniel went through about six kings in about 30 years. He went through about six kings in 30 years. And in fact, Daniel even went through a, a change in, in government and in culture. Because what happened is um, that the Persian Empire came and, and conquered the Babylonian Empire. So by the time Daniel, we find Daniel in his latter part of his life, he's 80 years old, he is under new management. There's a new king. And this new king, Darius, is, uh, is residing over the kingdom of Persia. And so they have conquered Babylon, the Babylonian Empire. And so we find Daniel here being trusted by the king, Darius, as we find this in, in uh, Daniel, chapter, uh, Daniel chapter 6. And so Darius, just like the other kings, he trusts Daniel. So let's read in... Uh, in verse three, chapter six. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, now new king, all right? New king, new, new, new government. At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption of him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So Daniel was faced with lots of change. Lots of change happened with Daniel. So what can we learn from Daniel? Here's what we can learn. When, when we are faced with the fear of change in our life, we cannot let that affect our faith. Do not let the fear of change in your life affect your faith. We all go through changes. Lots of changes in our life. Some of you uh, could, have, could have a, a new boss at work, who could be, I mean, Daniel had a new boss, but he was the same man. He did not let that affect his faith. Some of you could have a new boss at your job, and it could be testing your faith a little bit. Don't let that affect your faith. Some students, you may be on a sports team, you have a new coach. You used to be one of the star players in a certain position, and now you're not. You kind of move positions. What are you going to do about that? Are you gonna, you gonna let that person get under your skin? Are you gonna, you gonna treat that with immaturity? And so um, there are changes in our life. Uh, there, uh, there are students here, uh, young people who, um, you, you may have a, have a combined family come together. You have a, a Brady Bunch sort of scenario. Mom, new mom, dad come together, right? You got a bunch of kids, okay? Lots of changes happening. How do you deal with that? Are, 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 you going to, are you going to allow 
that change, that fear of change affect your faith? Daniel's telling us, Daniel's showing us, no, don't let change affect your faith. Because Darius, just like the other kings, recognized something about Daniel. And it was the same thing that the other kings recognized. So if you allow that person, that new change in your life to get the best of you, then you're going to display signs of immaturity and not signs that you are relying on your faith. So um, don't let the fear of change affect your faith. The second thing we, um, we fear that we could uh, look at with Daniel's life is the fear of conflict. There was much conflict in the Wiseman Council of the Persian Empire as evident in the last part of that, um, of that passage. And so as we, uh, as we look at that passage, um, we read um, that they were trying to um, take Daniel and to uh, discredit him. Um, and if we look at verse six, we even see this. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal ambassadors, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, Darius, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So this isn't just a small group. This is like, this is like everybody. This is like all the wise men. Everybody that has a leadership position in this government, everybody was invited except for Daniel. Now, Daniel was overseeing, at the beginning of this chapter, we see that Daniel was, was an overseer, a leader over about a third of the kingdom, okay? So, so there was about 120 leaders that Darius had and governors And over those 120 leaders and governors over his kingdom, there were three men that oversaw those those 120, and one of those was Daniel. And so Daniel was even invited to this meeting. Do you think there's conflict in in Daniel (laughs) and and, and the wise men? Yes, there's major conflict. And so with that conflict, you and I will face conflict in our life. You and I will have conflict. I mean, these guys were, were planning to, to kill Daniel. This was, this was all about trapping Daniel. This is a pre-crime. This is something that they are coming together, and, and, and this is so opposite of what we see in Daniel. There's a major conflict. So Daniel, how does Daniel respond? This fear of conflict How does Daniel respond? We see in verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, now this decree would not have been published without some of these other men coming to the king. And Daniel's like, oh, wow, I wasn't invited to that meeting. I wasn't invited to that party. So when he heard about the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room. What did he do? Did he... Did he write nasty notes to everybody? Did he, you know, start sharpening his knife, his sword? No. He went up to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, toward his home, 
where he was exiled from. He's 80 years old. He's been here since he was 14 or 15. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done. Just as he had done. How does Daniel handle conflict? How does Daniel handle conflict? He prays. He does the same thing he's been doing before. He didn't seek revenge. You have conflict in your life? We all have conflict, relational conflict. Could be you in the family, could be in the job, school, whatever. We all have conflict. How do we respond to that conflict? How do we respond to always facing that conflict? You have a person you, 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 you have to go to work with and you, you go around that person and you, you try your best not to even see them? That's conflict. Is that affecting your faith? Is that affecting your relationship? And so Daniel, one thing to notice about Daniel in this situation, he did not say, you know what? I need to smooth things over. I've got some, there's some conflict within us. And so I need to just go back and say, hey guys, um, I know I missed a meeting, I wasn't invited. Um, and, and I saw that you uh, encouraged the king to declare this over the next 30 days. And you know, I just wanna let you know, I, I, I agree with that. I, I think just for 30 days, I think that's good. I'm, I'm just gonna refrain from praying and that kind of stuff. He did not step back and compromise. Daniel never compromised. So Daniel is telling us as well, don't compromise when we have conflict. We all face conflict. And in fact, we give in to conflict. We hate conflict. We hate conflict. We're scared of conflict. We avoid conflict. We ignore conflict. You know the old elephant in the room? When the elephant's in the room, we look the other way. So what Daniel's life is telling us, look, don't compromise. Don't let that conflict compromise your faith or to affect your faith. Let me put it to in, in, in today's deal. So that, that girl who compromises her faith and innocence because she doesn't want the conflict between her boyfriend or that salesman who compromises his, his integrity and his sales numbers because the other members on his team want the extra bonus no matter what the cost? You want to live with conviction in a culture of compromise, then don't allow the fear of conflict to affect your faith. Yes, some conflict we need to smooth over, but when you are in conflict with someone and that conflict is, is causing you to compromise, that is actually a conflict that you need to keep around and you need to, um, you need to pray over and you need to pray for the other person. But don't let it affect your faith, the fear of conflict. So we have, um, we have the fear of change, we have the fear of conflict, and the last one we're gonna see is the fear of consequences. The fear of consequences. When consequences are staring us in the face, we often 
compromise our faith. Um, this word is most often used to describe a negative outcome, but there can be positive consequences as well as negative consequences. We, we see this in a Bennett house all the time. Okay, you, you do something great. Oh, hey, that's awesome. And, and we, we praise him. We give him extra scoop of ice cream. You know, we do whatever. We give them positive reinforcement or positive consequences for their positive actions. And of course, the same is true. When, when there's negative actions, bad choices, there are negative consequences, consequences that, that our kids just don't like. And so, and so positive choices often lead to positive consequences and negative choices often end in negative consequences. But here is where it gets tough. When there are positive choices but negative consequences. Positive choices, negative consequences. That's what Daniel faced in this story. He held true he did what he had always done before. He prayed, windows open towards Jerusalem. And what was the result? Negative consequence. Negative consequences. And this greatly disturbed the king when the king found out and all of these leaders informed the king that there's something that Daniel is not doing, O king, as we find in verse 16 through 17. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Anything that could result in a negative consequence could potentially affect your faith. For example, facing the negative consequences of including maybe biblical examples in, in, a, in a report for school. Students are about to go back to school. If, you, if you're trying to do, make a good choice and you're trying to include maybe a biblical example found in God's word for a book report or, or an a, uh, essay you're writing and you get negative consequences for that, and I'm not saying that would happen in this in the school particularly, but I've, I've heard it happen in, in, you know, all across our country. So if that happens, how is it going to affect your faith? Don't let that negative consequence affect your faith because it did not affect Daniel's faith. Daniel said, you know what? I'm okay with that. You want to throw me in the lion's den? I'm okay with that. Because Daniel knew. Because see, by then, all the visions, the, the visions that we see in, in chapter seven and on to the end of the book, Daniel, Daniel had seen those. He had seen the future. 
He had seen some of the same things that John saw in the book of Revelation. Daniel saw those things. Daniel's like, man, I know how all this thing ends. I've seen the future. You're not going to affect me. You're not going to affect my faith. Yeah, throw me in the lion's den. So your faith, we need to keep it strong. Do not allow your faith to be affected under the shadow of fear, fear of change, fear of conflict, fear of negative consequences. As the story continues, God protected Daniel, and as a result of living out his faith in the middle of the fear, God made his enemies go away and gave the king a glimpse of the truth. As you see in in the second part of uh, verse 26, second part of verse 26, it says this, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Now that sounds like Daniel wrote that. But those words are from King Darius after Daniel survived the lion's den. Most of us know how how that story goes. We encourage you to read chapter 6. But in the midst of fear in his life, he did not allow his faith to be affected. Church, Lake Point Church, I want to encourage you. When you're entering into this new season of the fall, students, you're going back to school. Uh, Parents, obviously that affects our home life as well. Yay. So I just want to let you know, remind you, you're, you're going to face some fears. You're going to face some fears. Do not allow those to affect your faith. Be like Daniel. Be strong like Daniel. Keep your faith and do not let it waver. So I want to... I want to close out this, this sermon and this message and this series, but just a, 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 a time for you to sort of, sort of have a little bit of time with God, and then we're going to move into something else. So just every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would. If you're sitting here today and you are uh, you're just facing fears in your life, maybe you have fears of change. Maybe there's some change that you're just having a hard time navigating around. You know, maybe... Maybe you just need to uh, give that over to the Lord. Say, Lord, maybe you need to apologize. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry I've let this person or these people get the best of me, crawl under my skin. Maybe you need to confess that. Or, or, maybe, or maybe you have um, some conflict in your life relationally. And you've allowed, you've allowed that conflict to, uh, to get the best of you. And whatever that conflict is, Maybe you just need to confess that to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry I've allowed that to have an effect on my faith and my trust in you. And ask the Lord to, to help you with that situation. Or maybe there's some consequences 
that you're facing right now. And maybe some of those consequences are, are, are the result of some, some negative choices you may have made. Even if, they're, even if they're bad choices, just don't allow that to affect your faith. It's not who you are. You made a mistake. It's all right. Look beyond, repent, confess it, and move on. That's what God wants you to do. And so just right now at your seat, just take a moment. Ask God to forgive you of those things. Ask God to give you strength to keep your faith strong, even in the midst of change, conflict, and consequences in your life. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you, Lord, for the story of Daniel and how he showed us that he's, his faith did not waver. So, Lord, we ask you, Father, that you give us the faith of Daniel. Give us the ability, Lord, to trust in you and to not allow changes and conflict and, and, and negative consequences affect our faith. Keep us strong. Keep us looking towards you. Do not let us compromise in a culture that does that every day. Let us live with conviction. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.